0: Welcome to the Men's Global Live Stream. If you're joining us for the first time, I want you to hold a spot in Matthew chapter six in your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, don't sweat it. We have verses that are gonna appear on the screen so you can follow along. Let me encourage everybody to click the download notes button. That way you can have an interactive experience. The verses are there, the fill-ins are there, and you'll learn a lot better. Uh, As I mentioned, if you're joining us for the first time, we are starting a new series called Behind the Door. We're in part three. And the big idea behind the series that we're exploring and that we're really striving to apply is this, that behind the door of the natural, the material, and the visible life we see and sense, there is a supernatural reality all believers in Jesus belong to. It's called the kingdom of God. It's the superhumanity that was initiated when Jesus launched his public ministry. And you read about this superhumanity in the gospels. He initiated it. He said the kingdom of God is near. It's also a super adventure that he has invited every follower to participate in. And then lastly, it's a super story, listen, that's unfolding all around you this very moment. So the goal of every follower of Jesus, and especially the goal of every man of God, is to get behind the door of the material and visible, to live in this realm called the kingdom of God, and then seize your unique kingdom contribution and kingdom moments that are lying right in front of you in your context. So in part one, by way of review, we're just growing our awareness. If you haven't seen parts one and two, go back and watch those. Because in part one, we talked about, hey, you know what, we gotta be aware of the reality to which we really belong, and we have to be aware of the commission of Jesus, who's given us the keys to the kingdom, to participate. In part two, we talked about gaining insight into the dynamics of the kingdom of God, the forces in play in the kingdom of God, the rhythms, of this supernatural reality and realm, and the key truths that we need to apply in order to navigate the kingdom of God. And Jesus, through the parables that he told, he gave us these secrets to the kingdom of God through very easy, understandable stories. Now, in part three, with that high awareness and equipped with tribal insight from Jesus himself about how the kingdom of God works, we gotta make a shift. We have to move from sort of this intellectual and mental understanding of the kingdom of God now to the kinetic and meaningful participation part of being in the kingdom of God as a man of God. So as we figuratively get in the boat, for session three, please understand this. Hear me. There are no bench players in God's starting kingdom lineup. There's no bench players. If you're a follower of Jesus, you have the keys to the kingdom, he said he's given them to you, and then he's inviting you to get behind the door of what looks like your just normal, natural, material life, into this other realm where he is at work. So there's no bench place. All of us are starters with specific assignments. Now for part three, just to get us moving in the right direction in in our brains, um, I want you to think of the top two human beings in your life. That would be your, not just your first circle, but your inner first circle. Who are the top two human beings in your life could be if you're married, to, you know the other person who who has the ring on that's that's connected to you. It could be a super, super close friend or a best friend. Now, think about that relationship and then think about how the relationship started. Probably pretty easy. It's one thing to start a relationship and that does not pose a real big challenge, right? Starting a relationship doesn't pose a big challenge. As much as staying rooted and connected in that close relationship, right? You, you have to consciously seek out a person to experience, listen, the adventures and unique moments that relationship has to offer. right? So think about your dating relationship with with your wife or uh, think about, you know, your best friend and you know, you you consciously seeking out, a relationship and a person for what purpose to experience the adventures and unique moments that relationship has to offer all right the same thing is true about your relationship with god your relationship to his purposes and most importantly your relationship to his kingdom and your part in it if it is a priority to you, if that relationship is a priority for you and you want to stay connected and meaningfully involved in the adventure that relationship has to offer, then that requires seeking out that person, choosing relationship with that person to experience the adventures and unique moments this relationship has to offer. Now. Everybody who wants a meaningful relationship with someone and the adventures and the experiences that relationship has to offer has to have a shift in priority, a shift in attitude, and a shift in focus, listen, that prioritizes that relationship. In fact, you have to shift your focus from yourself to something greater than yourself. And what's greater than ourselves and our relationship with God is this whole adventure and experience of the purposes of the kingdom of God. And so that's what we're going to look at today. Let me tell you where we're going to be going. We're going to intentionally review. We're going to intentionally embed the definition of the kingdom of God by defining it again. Then we're going to see clearly what this relationship uh, with God has to offer, what it assumes, and the adventure that it implies. Then we're gonna explore this shift in attitude and focus to something greater that's connected to this relationship, which Jesus calls for. And then lastly, we're gonna look at the specific God, specific ways that, that God's man seeks the kingdom of God to stay in the kingdom of God. All right, so by way of review, let's uh, go back to the very beginning, the foundation, and define what the kingdom of God is, okay? It's at the top of the note, says this, the kingdom of God is the supernatural realm and reality where God's purposes, God's presence and power are present, operating, and alongside the natural, the material, invisible, everywhere I am, okay, very important. So there's a king, there's a kingdom or a realm that's laying just behind the door of your reality and your context in your network of relationships where you work, live, pray, and play right this moment. So there's this whole thing going on that is right alongside like a railroad track. There's the natural material invisible and there's the kingdom of God. Now, Jesus, by way of review, says, I want you in there. I want you behind the door. Listen to what he says in Matthew 16, our key verse for the series. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. So there is this on earth dimension uh, that is called the kingdom of God, and we're supposed to open doors and get behind the door and then start shifting environments, by binding what is not the kingdom of God and then loosing what we know to be the kingdom of God. So let's unpack some new foundational truths related to the kingdom of God. Okay? Number 1, we have a new identity rooted in king and kingdom. All right? You remember where Coach Paul the Apostle says in 2 Corinthians 5:17, old things passed away, new things have come. Well, the main new thing that comes is in your identity. You are a son of the king, now through Christ. You are a citizen of the kingdom of heaven through Christ. So this whole idea of participation in the kingdom of God is rooted in who I really am. Secondly, there is a new awareness that I belong to the kingdom of God. If you've walked with Jesus Christ for any length of time, you will have these moments where you're like, What just happened right there? Who was that talking using my mouth and lips? How did that situation come about? How did that conversation happen? And there's this growing awareness that there's this other thing, okay, that sometimes you're conscious of, sometimes you're not conscious of but it's called to the kingdom of God. And why are you conscious and aware of it? It's because you belong to it. It's actually a more strong reality than what is natural, material, and visible. This is the one that lasts forever. The earthly realities, that's all gonna change and go away, but your supernatural uh, belonging to the kingdom of God, that goes on forever. So what you feel in the kingdom of God is eternal, is is powerful, it's transcendent. Number three, we receive new insight, parenthetically, from Jesus how to actively participate. Okay, Jesus tells us uh, both through parables and direct instruction, listen, you belong to this, this is advancing, it's opposed, um, and your job is to do this, 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 and this. This is how you participate, okay? And then lastly, what's fundamental, is that we have an ongoing responsibility, right, to always seek the kingdom of God. The Bible says that we are not just citizens of heaven, but that we are citizen ambassadors who represent our king, we represent his interests, and we are called to advance them in our context. The spaces and places that you uniquely occupy and that I uniquely occupy. So there's some new foundational truths and these truths and this reality concerning my identity and how my identity commands my best energy into seeking is what we're gonna cover next. And in your notes, it says self or God, what will I seek first? Jesus knows this great challenge of focus, and attitude and mentality that that our natural inclination is to focus on self and that the focus on self can rob the focus on God. And if the focus on self robs the focus on God, then the kingdom suffers, right? We're, We're decommissioned when you're focused on self. He speaks into it in Matthew 6. He says this, so do not worry its own. So let's just simply unpack this war of focus that Jesus is describing. All right. What is he saying? What's Jesus saying? What's God saying right now to you and I? Number one, God's saying, stop taking on the future. Okay. Why? Because that'll rob You of your focus on the kingdom of God. You know, as a mental health professional and as a pastor and as someone who has done thousands of psychological assessments with people and thousands of counseling appointments, usually uh, when people come and, and they say they're anxious or they're worried, it's usually connected to something out here in the future. So they're taking on something that their shoulders are not able to bear the weight of, future's heavy, and when you take on the future and you set it on a limited, broken human being, it is going to put pressure on you and it's going to create worry and it's going to create anxiety because Your shoulders were never intended to carry the weight of the future. There is only one person whose shoulders are big enough to handle the future, and it's not you. (laughs) It's God. Only God can handle the future. So when human beings take on the future, that then creates pressure that manifests in the form of anxiety and worry that is blinding and so we can't see the kingdom doors because we're too busy trying to be god i know i'm i know i'm speaking to some of you right this second you're worried about what's happening here you're scrambling to make moves make decisions make and you're taking the future on and you're suffering from anxiety and panic and worry because that's too big for your abilities. And we're gonna learn in just a minute here how we shift that weight over to God, rest in his ability and capacity, right? And that's where we, we go next. So stop taking on the future, start, write this down, trusting in my God's awareness, capacity, and wisdom. Right? gotta have the shift. Stop taking on the future and start trusting in God's awareness of what's going on in your life, God's capacity to carry the weight of the future, and his wisdom in unfolding your future day by day and trusting him with tomorrow. Why? So that your focus can stay on participating in the present. He's got the future so I can participate in the present. He's got me. He's got it. I can focus on who's in front of me, what's going on in front of me, the situation in front of me, and I can see God in that. Third, stop being controlled by self-preservation, worry, and fear. Okay, so that's really how we take on the future. What happens when we take on the future? We start getting controlled by self-preservation what do i mean by by self-preservation well jesus says it what shall we eat what shall we drink what shall we wear you know basic provision basic self-preservation right god's saying i'm responsible for that let me control that and then you can stop being controlled by worry and fear then lastly if I stop being controlled by self-preservation, worry, and fear, I can start fulfilling God's purposes and enjoying what he has provided. I know I'm speaking to many of you right now. You're not enjoying all the blessings around you because your head is so stuck in the future and putting the pieces and the building blocks together to build some future that's going to provide all these things, and you know what God's saying? Start enjoying what I'm providing and start fulfilling my purposes. Amen? Amen. Now, Jesus gives practical guidance on sort of how we we, we stop taking on the future, how we start trusting in God's awareness, capacity, and wisdom, how we stop being controlled by self-preservation, worry, and fear, and start getting into this rhythm of, okay, God, I have what I have. I'm going to enjoy what you provide and what you have given me and I'm going to be content with that and then I'm going to, now I'm free to focus on your purposes. Listen to what Jesus says in the Lord's Prayer. He says this, This then is how you should pray. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today our daily bread now jesus who is the king of heaven is sharing with us the priorities of heaven for us and encouraging us to pray the priorities of heaven in this order okay jesus jesus's words are perfect words and they're perfectly ordered so we lift up god we connect with the father We honor his name and then we focus our present lives, where we are today, on the kingdom. We invite the kingdom of heaven to come down to earth. We invite God's will, which comes from the kingdom of heaven, to inhabit the spaces that we inhabit on earth as it is in heaven. And then we trust God, right? So we focus on the kingdom of God as we are concurrently trusting God with daily provision for daily needs. Give us this day our daily bread. You see that rhythm God wants us in? He doesn't want the daily provision for the daily needs to rob us from our focus on his kingdom coming and his will being done. I love what John Piper says. He says, if my goal is to do God's will, then it's his job to provide the resources I need to do it. Amen, brother. You go, John Piper. I love that because this this sets our mindset in the right framework, in the framework of what Jesus says it should be, right? What's your goal? Is your goal to do God's will or is your goal to take care of yourself and take on the future and take on all the worry and the anxiety that shouldn't belong to you because your shoulders aren't big enough? All right. It's a good question to ask. So our goal is to do God's will and to be kingdom people. And then God says, guess what? I got that other thing. You trust me with focusing on, on on doing this for me, it doesn't mean that you neglect your daily duties and responsibilities. What it means is that in the context of you doing your daily duties and responsibilities, your primary focus is how can I show love for God and people in this context, and how can I participate in the kingdom in this context? While you're doing your daily duties and responsibilities. Right? See, that's that's different than you obsessing over what's gonna happen tomorrow, the next day, the next day, the next day, the next day. God's got the future, okay? Now, again, we love God's word because it teaches us how to stay behind the door, stay in the kingdom, and stay in this, this rhythm of being kingdom people, advancing God's kingdom in the spaces and places we occupy while we participate in our natural, material, and visible lives and get behind the doors in these different dimensions of that life. Talks about this in Philippians chapter four. It says this. Don't be anxious about anything. What does anything mean? Anything. But in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your requests to God. So talk to God about your re- about what's going on. And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. And then just a little further along in that passage, uh, Coach Paul the Apostle says, and my God will meet all your needs according to the riches of his glory in Christ Jesus. So it's, it's very similar. Paul, the follower of Jesus, Paul, the one who's learning this kingdom rhythm of my identity is rooted in king and kingdom, I'm aware that I belong to the kingdom. I'm getting insight in how I participate in the kingdom. And this is how I seek the kingdom. And then he's he's living it out himself. And then he's kind of coaching these other believers on, Okay, this is the rhythm. It's just like the Lord's Prayer, right? Give the future and the things that concern you and might give you a fever, might lead to worry or anxiety, push those things onto God's shoulders and put them into God's pile. And trust that he is going to meet all your needs, keyword, remember, he's wise. He knows what you need, when you need it, and in the form that it needs to come. He'll meet all your needs, From his riches and for his glory. Okay? So that's what we trust in. We trust in his awareness. We trust in his capacity. We trust in his wisdom. So when we look at these last passages of Scripture, it begs the question, and God is asking right now who or what is controlling your energies? Today, two options, either the kingdom of of self, my life, my needs, my provision, I gotta pull it off, worry, trying to control the future, it's on me, or it won't happen. That could be controlling your mental and physical energies, or, The kingdom of God could be controlling your perspective, your mindset toward your needs, that your identity is in Christ, that God is over your provision and your future, and it is on him. We might even want to just say as a community and just go, Lord, my future is in you and on you my needs will come through you and you're responsible to meet them i stop controlling or trying to control that so that i can focus on what your kingdom purpose is for me today in me and through me in my context see what's great about the lord is that he's with us right now he sees your thoughts. He might even be responsible for that tension in your gut because this is speaking to you. You answered the question, who or what is controlling your energies today? And you were you honest with yourself and with God. He said, kingdom of self versus the kingdom of God. And that's really the beauty of this community of men as we gather is that all around the world, God is speaking to us individually. Through his word, Jesus is speaking to us. And he's shifting us toward who we truly are and the reality to which we actually belong. And he wants us in that super adventure and experiencing the the adventure relationship with him has to offer. And it's far more satisfying than the kingdom of self. Okay, so now we're gonna wrap this up today by talking about how seeking the kingdom of God, which is what the instruction is, don't get caught in the weeds of the world, don't chase after the things that the pagans chase after non-believers, you're a believer, you're a son of the king, you, you belong to his kingdom. Let's get into this rhythm of seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness so that we can stay in the kingdom of God. So we gotta talk about what it means to be seeking the kingdom of God. Number one, I seek God by being with God. Kind of makes sense, right? To have that rhythm of connecting with Jesus, right? To advance his kingdom, making time for Jesus, right? And that rhythm of being with Jesus and to connect to our king, to advance his kingdom. You know, Jesus was the, the initiator of, of the kingdom of God on earth moving forward. And he had to do this. I mean, we read about it in Mark chapter one says this, while it was still night, way before dawn, he got up and went out to a secluded spot and prayed. Simon and those with him went looking for him. They found him and said, everybody's looking for you. So Jesus lived as the son of God on earth, advancing the kingdom of God on earth, there were demands, and in order to keep advancing the kingdom of God in the spaces and places that he, wa- he was in, he had to seek God by being with God. Now, he has passed that along to us, seek first the kingdom of God, how do I do that? Number one way to do that is to seek God by being with God. And to be in a rhythm, like Jesus was, of being with the Father as he advanced the kingdom, the same thing is true for us. We need to be with Jesus, connect to the King, and as we connect to the King, we learn and sense these realities that we belong to and responsibilities, and we start advancing the kingdom, getting behind the door. Now, a good example of kind of pressing the pause button on all the distraction and being with God is um, one of Jesus's close friends. He was close friends with a family that lived in Bethany. Uh, it was the family that included uh, Lazarus and Martha and Mary. And um, in Luke 10, it, it talks about um, how one of those three really emphasized being with God and Jesus affirming that. It says this in Luke 10, Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet. Listening to what he said, Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. And what I want you to see is Jesus just clarifying this principle of kingdom living. There are the many things we could devote our seeking to, and then there's the one thing. And the one thing in this context involves Mary as the example, And where is she? She sat at the Lord's feet, listening to what he said. Martha, Martha, you're concerned and upset about many things. Few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Mary's chosen what is better. He's affirming the priority that he then later gives to his followers, which is seek first the kingdom. Seek this relationship consciously seek me and seek to be with me, choose relationship with me, connect to me, the king of the kingdom, and you'll learn how to advance his kingdom. All right, the second way that we seek the kingdom of God to stay in the kingdom of God uh, after I seek God by being with God is I seek God by believing what he says. Okay, so we're with God to hear and listen and internalize what Jesus says to us when we're with Him, and then we we build a bridge and we go, that's for me. Listen to what Jesus says in Matthew seven twenty four. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on the rock. See, it's it's as simple as this. We say yes to what God says. We say it first in our hearts and we have internal agreement and then that leads to external action. That's true belief. It's not one or the other, it's both. Belief is my internal agreement and my external action. God says it, I act on it. That's belief, right? Now, it talks about God's people in the Bible, and how God has this, this, this place, this realm that we enter that's available through relationship with him. But there is this problem of, well, I hear, I hear what you say, but, you know, I'm not making the next step of believing what you say, saying, yeah, that's for me. And having it go from an auditory experience to, a uh, experience of God's will. Talks about uh, this in Hebrews chapter 3. It says, and to whom did God swear that they would never enter his rest, if not to those who disobeyed? So we see that they were not able to enter, key key phrase, because of their what? Unbelief, right? So we've been talking about how Jesus is the door. Through Jesus, we enter into the kingdom. Uh, Jesus is very clear that um, it's, it's important that we believe what God says is true about, hey, do this first. I'll take care of the rest. If we believe that, then we enter into this other space and get to participate. But it hinges on, do you believe that or do you not believe that? And are you acting on it? You see, that's that's the sum of what belief is, right? It's, it's your hypothalamus connected to your hippocampus, okay? It's, it's an intellectual mental thing going to an internal experiential thing where it's yes on the inside and yes in actions on the outside. So how do we seek God? By being with God, by believing, key thing, what he says so that we can enter. And then third, we seek God by becoming like Jesus, and these follow in sequence. I'm being with Jesus, I'm believing what Jesus says, and as I'm being with Jesus in relationship, choosing relationship, believing what he says, acting on what he says, I start to become like Jesus. Now, in Matthew 9.9, he's with, actually, Matthew the tax collector, and he emphatically says, punctuated by an exclamation point, He says, follow me. (laughs) Matthew's at work. He's in the tax booth. And Jesus just declares, commands Matthew to follow him. Now, it's important to unpack what follow me means in the context in which those words were spoken. Very, very important. Follow me wasn't like, hey, get in line and walk around with me. Now, when you're a rabbi or a teacher and you speak an imperative like that to somebody that, that uses those specific words, follow me, what it meant was this, and you can maybe write this down next to follow me. It means be with me to become like me. So teachers, prophets had disciples. John the Baptist had disciples, Gamaliel, the famous rabbi. Uh, had disciples. Hillel had famous disciples. Um, Teachers had disciples, and when they said, follow me, or a disciple would say, I follow Jesus, or I follow Hillel, that meant that I'm with him to hear what he says, believe what he says, and then become like him. And Jesus clarifies sort of this dynamic of following him in Luke 640. He says, the student is not above the teacher, but everyone who is fully trained, listen, will be like their teacher. So it's not about just words and instruction, but it's believing the words of instruction to become like the teacher in thought, in action. That's when you go, oh, you look at that person and you go, oh, he's a disciple of Jesus. Why? Because he's heard the words of Jesus. He's been with Jesus. He believes the words of Jesus, and he's becoming like Jesus in word and thought. Now, if you're becoming like Christ after being with him and believing what he says, if you're becoming like Jesus in the way you think and in your character, guess what? The conduct takes care of itself. And as as you believe what he says, and as you're with him, and you start becoming like him, you're transformed. It talks about this in 2 Corinthians 3.18. And so, we are transfigured, much like the Messiah. Our lives gradually becoming brighter and more beautiful as God enters our lives, and we become like him. Like him how? in character and in conduct. We become like him on the inside. We have the mind of Christ. We have his words. We have relationship with him. He enters our lives. In fact, that's, that's what it talks about um, in Galatians chapter five, verse five, and Romans chapter five, verse five. It says that God has poured the, pours the spirit of his son into our hearts. And we are transfigured and transformed on the inside and then that leads to transfiguration and transformation on the outside, right? And so what does that involve? Well, guess what? If Jesus is advancing the kingdom and Jesus is in us and we're becoming more like Jesus, then we're going to start going through the doors. We're going to start seeing people in front of us differently. We're going to start spending time with the Father, letting him have the rest of our needs and the future. We're going to believe what he says to us in his word and in prayer and through the impressions of the Holy Spirit that he gives. And then we're going to become like our teacher. And when we enter spaces and places, man, we're advancers. Because Jesus was an advancer of the kingdom. If this is Jesus and Jesus is in us, this is us. The fourth way we're going to seek God to stay in the kingdom of God is I seek God by behaving in alignment with what he says. And this is just the natural domino that I was alluding to under the last point. And it's really great that Jesus, anybody, (laughs) anybody in the family of God, right, worldwide, right, can... Be considered the family of God, and, and we'll, we can have the family resemblance because we're doing one thing. Listen to Jesus talk about this. Mark chapter 3 verses 33 to 35. Jesus responded, "Who do you think my mother are my mother and brothers?" Looking around, taking in everybody seated around him, he said, "Right here, right in front of you, my mother and my brothers." Obedience is thicker than blood. The person who obeys God's will is my brother and sister and mother. Wow. So, if you're a follower of Jesus, that following of Jesus by being with him, believing what he says, becoming like him, and then behaving in alignment with what he says, you know, parenthetically, doing God's will, right? Doing God's will in obedience. He goes, you know what? That association, that tie to me is thicker than blood. Wow. Doing God's will, if you're in the family of God, Jesus was saying, it doesn't matter that I'm genetically or by blood or by family ties and culture connected to my brothers and sisters. Now, Jesus was unique in that regard. These are half-brothers and sisters, but it's family. Family is important. It, 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 it's, supposed to, it's supposed to suggest proximity, right? Blood. Obedience is thicker than blood. And so he's speaking into, yeah, they're my family. They're here. They're part of the crowd. But guess what's thicker than blood family or family ties? In God's family. It's doing God's will. And you see, that's where this whole kingdom experience hinges. I'm choosing relationships with Jesus, being with Jesus. When I'm with Jesus, he's talking to me. He's instructing me. He's giving me insight into who I am, into issues, different things that are a part of his kingdom. This is the way the kingdom works, and sometimes his words are for me, for personal application. Sometimes his kingdom uh, words are about my, my output, like, go. He commissions me into situations and to get behind the door. Um, And what's important to note is that a kingdom lifestyle that Jesus talks about, that this, the seeking, the seeking lifestyle, right? And that's what we've been talking about. It's it's a lifestyle over a lifetime, right? It's a process, and it's never perfection, okay? So if you're a follower of Jesus, it's going to likely follow a rhythm of Write this down, connection with Jesus, impartation from Jesus, and alignment and union with king and kingdom, okay? That's the goal. Now, because we're on earth, and because life bowling balls us and Jesus was upfront about that, this is what we're gonna experience at, at times. Non-alignment, then reconnection, and then realignment and union. So this is the, the rhythm, right? We're we're being with Jesus, we're believing what he says, we're becoming like him, we're behaving in alignment, life comes, trauma comes, a health event comes, a job loss comes. Something knocks us off our mark. You ever been knocked off your mark in your, your walk with God? Let's be honest. Yeah, stuff knocks you off your mark. Jesus said, in this world you're gonna have tribulation, but take courage, I've overcome the world. The most important thing, whether it's because of distraction or hurry or a catastrophic event or loss or even sin, is that, as one of my coaches used to say, luck, get up, back on your bike and pedal. I mean, pull yourself up off the ground, This relationship is still here. You're still on the team. You got a role to play and you need to start playing it again. So then after non-alignment comes, okay, I got to reconnect. I got to be with God. I got to believe what he says about what's going on here. I need to continue to become like Jesus in the midst of uh, these gale force winds that I'm flying into. And I got to behave in alignment with what he says in the pressure, outside the pressure, in the absence of adversity, in the presence of adversity. You smell what I'm stepping in? You see, my identity doesn't take a vacation ever. Do I get cloudy? Are there times when I get knocked or pushed off my mark? Of course, every man does. But guess what? The kingdom is still there. God wants us to realign, reconnect and keep advancing his kingdom. In fact, ultimate freedom and ultimate kingdom advance usually happens when there's a lot of pressure on us because of earth and then we say, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven in this pressure. And now, We're getting to advanced kingdom living that actually believes Romans 8.28 that says God causes all things to work together for the good. So is it just when I'm having a great time with Jesus and I'm really believing what he says and I'm becoming like him and, you know, it's all like this linear path. It's all unhindered. No. No. It's actually in the midst of real life where I'm confused and I'm wondering, but God's with me, the kingdom is right here, and I'm seeking God in the uncomfortable situation and I'm choosing by faith, hey look, I'm gonna be with him, I'm gonna talk to him, I'm gonna hear what he has to say, I'm gonna believe what he has to say, I'm gonna pray, I'm gonna worship, I'm going to hear from the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Spirit. I'm going to be led by the Holy Spirit. I'm going to cooperate and partner with the Holy Spirit to become like Jesus. And I'm going to, in spite of what's happening all around me, I'm going to behave in alignment with what God says under pressure and do what God declares to be significant. And isn't that when we are most like Jesus? Oozing and sweating blood In the garden of Gethsemane, he prays, if there's any way you can take this cup from me, yet not my will be done, but your will be done. This is Jesus. Jesus is in you. This is you. So, man of God. We're gonna seek the kingdom of God, right? To to stay in the kingdom of God. We're gonna seek a rhythm that, with the issues of our lives, especially the future, and the fact that we don't have foresight, only God does. God's standing in our future saying, I got the future. Uh, we're going to show up and we're going to give him the things we can't control. And then we're going to take our keys to the kingdom. And I think there's some of you, uh, there's two types. There's, there, there's the prodigal person and he is, you're thinking, you know what, I'm so far away. You know what you need to do? You just need to get back on your bike and pedal. God is saying to you, hey, get back on your bike and pedal. You're still a part of the family. Come back. Let's party. Let's slay the fatted calf. You're welcome. I'll take off my ring. I'm gonna put it on you. We're gonna celebrate your return because you have a part to play. And guess what? Supernaturally, I'm gonna use your prodigal journey and what happened there for you to reach other prodigals. Then there's some of you who you follow the Lord. You're like that other son. You know, you're know, you the good son. You're the rule keeper. You're the applier of the word. You got, guess what? You don't need special permission to both celebrate your brother who's coming back or to enter into the kingdom of God. You got keys. Use them. (laughs) Get in there, right? Get in there. Adventure, right? You're a starter. Act like one. Take the handoff from Jesus in the spaces and places you occupy and do what you know to do to shift the environments you're in toward king and kingdom purposes, okay? So there's a little prophetic word for the whole continuum, right? For the prodigal son or to the obedient son. We're all sons, and we're all in different phases, but we're all a part of the same rhythm and mindset God is calling on. So let's just kinda close our Bibles, let's put down our pens, and let's talk to God right now. Father, thank you that um, you have spelled out for us very clearly uh, our path To the kingdom. Thank you for making us aware, Jesus, that um, you want us to participate in your rule in your realm. This super story all around us that you're in charge of and we're a starter in that story. And I pray that you would um, just connect the neurons in all our brains, that you would then move that truth from our heads down to our hearts, Lord, that we would believe what you say, what you've said today, what you're saying to men all over the world today, that we would receive that impartation of identity, that impartation of commissioning, the impartation of the reality of the kingdom of God, the super story that you want us to participate in. So, Lord, help us to align. We say yes to aligning with you, our king, and your kingdom. Help us keep in step. Help us stay in union and in rhythm with you in the spaces and places we are just today. We trust you with our future. We trust you with our needs. In Jesus' name. And all God's men all over the world said, amen man share this video with the friend that god puts on your mind and we'll see you next time